Let me repeat myself. Let me repeat myself. Let me repeat myself. Let me let me let me repeat myself. Self, self. Let me repeat myself. Are you are you are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone. Welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friends Sam. If Doug did not exist, it would be necessary to invent him. <laughs> and Jim. Adlai Stevenson for president. And joining us today, for the first time, a very special guest, our friend, and actually like celebrity dude now, uh, Colby Burnett. How are you doing, Colby? Welcome. I'm doing great. I asked to be here. (laughs) (laughs) He is not here under duress. There are no guns to his head. His family will remain safe. Yeah, it was like super surprising and delightful that Colby as like Colby reached out to us. And for the record, if you haven't heard of Colby, he's like a giant Jeopardy celebrity. Like he's won a bunch of times and he's super awesome. And people who don't even like watch Jeopardy know of him just because he's like awesome on the show. Uh, but we went all we all went to school together and man, so I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, Colby, what do you think overall about Doug as a medium? So the thing about it is I hadn't thought about this on a day-to-day basis for the better part of 20 years. (laughs) And then then realizing that you guys made this uh, podcast and the overarching theme. We're sorry. We're really sorry. No, no, no. Because nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And what have it's it's like I look back and I think the Spice Girls uh, they're an underrated like musical group and it's and I look back and it's like there's not a good reason for me to believe that I just remember <laughs> listening to this when I was young and uh-huh. Doug is a similar way well well this was cute this was great when I was a little kid like I wonder what I wonder what's going on and then the <laughs> overarching theme that you come back to is that Doug does nothing. Like, he has no agency. Things just <laughs> happen to him. And he doesn't even respond, or his friends have to take care of him, or his family, or just, oh, fate. And, <laughs> and I look back, and I think about being, uh, you know, a, t- a preteen and a teenager, and it's like, that is absolutely everything that I wanted to avoid about my existence. And <laughs> Doug is just there doing the exact same thing that I would have been terrified to do or not do in this case. So you're saying that Doug is very brave. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that Doug as, as an entity, it's a non-entity. It's yeah. Doug is a plaything in the hands of an angry God. That's exactly what it is. And that's, that's terrifying. That's absolutely terrifying to watch. Like, I thought this was a fun show when I was a small child, and I look back, and now I'm I'm done. I'm I'm so done with this. (laughs) (laughs) We'd love to have you on another time. No, no, no. I'll be back because I like criticizing things that I believe are terrible. I'm a school teacher, so part of that is my job. (laughs) And love it. Yeah, like I I make I make little girls cry because they're not going to get into Northwestern like objectively and someone needs to tell them <laughs> this. And in the same way, 
that somebody <laughs> needs to tell the world about how horrible an animated feature this is. Like the word has to get out. Like we can't let people our age who grew up with this think that it's still good. And we have to crap. Yeah. On it. Tons of people still fucking love this show. <laughs> no, th- that's the thing that I find so fascinating about it, because as far as anyone can tell, like uh, mildly dating the show, Disney Plus just came out. But uh, it turns out that Disney Plus, their gigantic mega media, we control everything push only has Disney Doug on it. They didn't put the old stuff on there. I believe this is my thesis that because they realized that dead is better. <laughs> they cannot like this deserves to be forgotten this is cultural detritus only those of us who are suffering from serious issues and or our board should recall this gentle readers thank you for joining us it's time to start our magical adventure yeah i don't know if you, they even have the disney doug episodes i thought they just had doug's first movie i'm not even sure i don't know i'm sure we'll watch that at some point right. if we don't go insane first Oh man, but yeah, let's 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 break into this now. Uh so Colby joined us in watching the episode before this recording, uh, much to his dismay, as you could probably glean from that statement. Um but today we'll cover episode six, part one of Doug. Uh in all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts, and episode six, part one's title is Doug is mayor for a day. And holy shit, I was excited from this one just from the title, right? The year is yeah. The year is 1991. We are literal babies and Jim Jenkins is going to show people what government is really about. Just fire up the nuclear football. Just get it over with. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, Colby, uh, you're like a history teacher and a trivia history specialist, so you probably will know a lot about like the socioeconomic political implications of this show, right? <laughs> or like this particular episode. Okay, number one, there are no socioeconomic implications. <laughs> you're giving will be the judge of that, young man. <laughs> you are giving this far too much credit, and as an introduction to civics. It fails. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure there's democracy in Bluffington based on yeah. the episode. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll come back to it, but, uh, you know, eventually Doug daydreams about being the mayor and, you know, his rise to power, and they give no backstory whatsoever, except apparently uh, uh, he runs against the current mayor 30 years yeah. in the future. And we'll, we'll get into this. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into this. We'll, as we'll, we just, go. we'll just come back to that. <laughs> Man, yeah. So the episode begins with, as always, Doug writing in his journal. And the first thing he says is, I've always told you that field trips are boring, but this one was different. And he's holding up a picture uh, that he took of the field trip. And it is like, I was watching for this through the whole thing. This is the only picture Doug took throughout the yeah. entire field trip and it is just a picture of mr bone standing outside of the bus yeah like right? you could take this picture on any given day doug <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> also field trips are boring but yesterday's was different 
the fuck is he talking about? Field trips kicked ass. It was an yeah. excuse to not be in school, and occasionally you got to see a play that you were too young to realize actually sucked. So this entire episode, I'm not even sure if it like actually like happened in Doug, like the the show Doug. I'm not sure if the show is <laughs> canon. It's because it seems like a fever dream to me. Have you ever had yeah. like a dream where you're doing a job you have no idea how to do, and your brain just like fills in the blanks, and it makes sense at the time, but then you think about it, and it doesn't make sense at all once you're awake. Mm-hmm. That's what this episode felt like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. There's an awful lot, not least in the fact that Doug takes the picture of the bus, and in that frame and that frame alone, the bus isn't colored in. The bus is just a blank white space with Mr. Bone in front of it, <laughs> which I think is just an animation error, but alternately is a sign that the infection from the last episode is still there. Time and space have not quite finished knitting themselves back into place. And this happens a lot in this episode. There's like time and space things. Man, Colby, have you ever taken your students on a trip uh, to go and be part of civil servants' life? Uh, Has any of your students ever bugged Rahm Emanuel and uh, (laughs) taken over the city for a day? See, no, because, I mean, that's, that's civics, and I taught history, and so... And it was world history, so I never had to take anybody anywhere. It was awesome. <laughs> because I will say so this. You never had to be part of a yeah, Doug episode. Yeah, being, being the chaperone on a field trip, it, it, it can suck. It can definitely suck. Uh, There's like no chaperones on this field trip. Though. Oh, yeah. It's like, just it's just Mr. Bone. And also, I understand how high schools work in you know, television. It's a fucking middle school, though. No, <laughs> it's, sorry, it's middle an, school. It's an sorry. elementary school. Yeah. It's not a middle school. <laughs> right, right. He's 11. I keep on so, forgetting. So he's, yeah. in fifth, so he's in fifth grade. Okay. So it's just like, okay, fifth grade trip to... Uh, to wherever. To the to, city hall and wherever. To government land. Yeah, to, yeah. Yes. to, to government land. And it's just like, okay, it's, it's just fifth grade. And number one, so there's one school in the town. There's one elementary school. There's one fifth grade class. And the mayor is supposed to shut down and have an entire day or an entire extravaganza with ice cream for it. And like, no, that that unless your town, how tiny is this town that that's a thing? 20,000 people. No, like no town with 20,000 people like has enough time to go do that. Like that. (laughs) Unless, of course, you're giving a selection of government officials easy access to a bunch of 11 year olds (laughs) for reasons. Well, so let's let's step back one moment uh, and summarize what this field trip is. Uh, Mr. Bone is standing outside of the bus and he tells everyone that today is annual student government day, which is Mayor White's idea. It's Mayor White's idea uh, to show all the kids in this particular grade what happens in the government on a day to day basis. So. They like Doug takes this picture of the most boring part of the trip that makes like no connection to anything, and Skeeter says cool, and then has a bunch of different helmets on. Like yeah, in Skeeter first shot. has an yeah, Sam kid it. Yeah, he <laughs> has a fucking like arrow through his head. Uh, like what? Fuck, I'm blanking on the con- like the comedian's name that did that. Steve. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. He's got a Steve Martin arrow through his head, and then it cuts away, and then now he has, like, an astronaut helmet on his head, because he he wants to be, like, the town astronaut, because that's what he thinks government is. 
Yeah. Yes. They they ask they they go like, "Oh man, I hope I'll be this role." Oh, oh man, oh, I hope I I'll I do be have this to role. cut in real fast. Yes. There is uh the other bit that ends up being foreshadowing is that at the end of student government day, the mayor will then then give kids ice cream. And that I will concede that solid small town shithead mayor glad handling. And yeah, okay, he fine. Says that. The, yeah. yeah. So he, that's okay, fine. You give the kids some ice cream from their local mayor, so they're supposed they go back and say, "Hey, the mayor is pretty cool." And I mean, in an environment where you're in a town of twenty thousand people and nothing ever happens, that's probably a decent amount of yeah, fine, whatever. A little bit of PR, and it's not like I lose too much in the day, right? Uh, so they all like say, "Man, I hope I'll be this this role." Man, I hope I'll be that role. Uh, Roger says he wants to be the sheriff, which which goes for, through the theory of all cops are bad. Uh, yes, and, and Skeeter theory. Says, like, yes, yes, yes. Somebody says dog catcher. Uh, Skeeter wants to be head astronaut. Doug wants to be the chief forest ranger. It's like all these like weird. Yeah, civil wants to go roles. commune with Mister Scaly some more, huh, Doug? <laughs> God. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so they get on this bus, and then Mr. Bone is the only like chaperone of this whole thing, and he says that uh, Doug. He hands out roles, and Doug gets the mayor, which is like the role, and he's like bored by it. Yeah, like, he doesn't yeah. have a reaction. No, yeah. At first, he doesn't have a reaction. He just looks like dead-eyed. And then Patty stands up and screams, Hey, everybody, Doug's the mayor. And it takes that for Doug's stegosaurus brain to register. Like, I don't want to be the mayor. Oh, but even another then- note. Patty, the job that she got, was head of the press corps. That's not a government role. There's like, a lot of things in this that aren't government roles, like, right? Unless Bob's White has his own state-run media outlet for Bluffington. Well... He might. Okay, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Colby, have you like taught people about the role of like press with government? Like, is this fitting with his the history of like other towns? So, the idea that like, like once again, like like it's history, not civics, because I just assume Sorry. that like that, that, that kids have an understanding that there are different branches and different levels of government that like interact with each other but have different responsibilities like you don't expect the feds to come pick up the trash on friday right like <laughs> like we're at least there uh, here yes. these kids have just no idea about how anything works and i guess part of that is that the mayor is an ineffectual ineffectual boob and i know that they've mm-hmm. been playing that up from the start but no, like this this entire day is a, it's a waste. Like even as an educator, <laughs> like this day is an entire waste. You don't learn a single thing about the government in this episode. In the right. field trip where you go to the government. Jim Jenkins does want to let you know something about the government and he does get it kind of across. Yeah. yeah they don't yeah, do it, anything. Yeah, it yeah. kind of like goes into the same message that this show's been having. Yeah. Um but yeah, so let's cut back to it. So Doug, uh, like Patty yells, oh my God, Doug's gonna be the mayor. Everyone looks bored, including Skeeter. Like Skeeter's in this shot and he's just like, oh, Doug. Skeeter knows where the real power lies. <laughs> the chief astronaut. Yeah. That's what Skeeter <laughs> wants Explorer. To be. Bringer of knowledge of the higher planes. 
So uh, Bone walks through uh, and he says, he says to Doug, As mayor for the day, your report will be the most important one of all. A bad report would be recorded on your permanent record. And we learned earlier, like, there was a fantasy that Doug had during during the scene of like the most honest kid award that Doug got. Mayor White introduced Mr. Bone and said, "Mr. Bone, who always votes for me." And so, yeah. in this way, like I, this is organized. This is clearly organized by the mayor as like a ploy to get voters in the future. But he's also working through Bone because Bone like, feels the same way. It also like, tells I, me that there's no like term limits on this because he's he's priming voters at eleven. So it's not going to be. <laughs> se- it's going to take at least seven years until they fuck get can vote. Yeah, yeah. No. Like I. I took note of this because it was a little extra weird. Like, when they disembark off the bus, Mr. Bone cracks what is the third joke that has happened in Doug. Now, let me repeat myself. Let me repeat myself. Aha. Good gag. And nice. just, okay, this will be on your permanent record. And as everybody is walking away, Mr. Bone teleports to in front of Doug and says he calls out he needs Doug's report to be good because it's on the mayor. It's the most important one. Recall... We know that Mr. Bone is George H.W. Bush, and from our first episode, we know that Bob White is this small-town shithead from Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, Bluffington. Bluffington. I meant Bluffington. Right. So George H.W. Bush wants Doug to get information on Bill Clinton. This is canon. So you're saying not uh, not that Bone is supporting White. It's more so that he's like... Tell me what is going on in there so I can I need everything, all the information there is to know about Robert Bob White, this guy who talks really fast in a southern accent and is kind of an ineffectual dipshit. Yeah, and we also learn very quickly, or later on in the episode, that uh, Mr. Bone has a direct line to the mayor. Yeah. Like he can just call the mayor. Yes, yes. We'll learn. Yeah. We'll get that as we get the as we get there. But uh, yeah, we learn that there's like a very close relationship uh, between Bone and White. Oh man. Uh, so this is so they drop everyone off outside City Hall, and Doug goes into the mayor's office, and it's like a wild place. It's like almost the kind of Cthulian nightmare that we saw in the school uh, the other yes. day. All the all the halls are identical. Uh, they warp as like perspective changes. It's a giant rotunda. Like it looks like a state capitol building, except for this is the city hall for a city of twenty thousand people. Yeah, and there's painting. There's paintings on the wall that all look like different Bob Whites from periods in history, and all their eyes just follow Doug. And as he looks at them. Their eyes narrow into a glare, and then he stops looking at them, and they go back to normal. They go back to smiling face. There's so no reason for this. It's not even like a gag. It's just like oh, weird. Yeah, that's just, just really real. intimidating. <laughs> it's just real. Like this is what happens here. This, in is, my this mind. is why I think it's a fever dream. It's just Doug's yeah. brain just going like just releasing all the serotonin in his body at once. Kobe, have you? been to like city halls or like know anything about city halls I, yeah, I mean so the city hall in chicago um so it's 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 just it's it's your standard government building okay like there are different floors and there are different departments and like there are different offices 
And, you know, there's one floor where, you know, the council will sit and have meetings or where the public can come in and interact with you. There's certainly, like I said, this is not, or coming back to what you guys said about the Cthulian nightmare, it's just like, <laughs> like nothing about what you see on, you know, this version of a city hall is designed to make sense and designed for people to access. It's just there and it's supposed to be overwhelming and i understand that you're getting doug's perspective about it being overwhelming and that might be the most human like <laughs> that might be the most human interaction that he's done in the, <laughs> yeah. what i've seen yeah so yeah. admittedly overwhelming doug is a pretty low bar oh i know but still <laughs> right yeah i mean if it plays into just anxious feelings i think doug's got that on lock right yeah that that is the one emotion that he has got it yeah oh man but okay there's also so, awareness a girl exists and then being really really horny for her. i think that plays into his anxiety about the situation though true but uh so doug is staring at this portrait uh and he's seeing it like follow him and then the mayor shows up uh like he he kind of hears the mayor's voice and then realizes that the mayor is actually there and the mayor hands oh wait no he's this is when he's like having a fantasy about asking the mayor a question right yes yeah he has a fair he has a fantasy about asking the mayor a question it like goes into like a newsroom and he's like oh man i'm gonna ask him the perfect question i'm gonna say what do you do and bob white's response is someone hire this young person as my personal aide uh hello hello and Doug falls out of his fantasy to see Bob White asking him what the hell he's doing sitting in front of the picture of him. He says something like, I know you, don't I? You. You do? And Doug is petrified. But he says, I know you. Not specifically. You're just a young person. So, like, all young people are, like, interchangeable in the mind of White, right? Yeah, which clearly we can tell he's uh, not up to date. We all know that Doug is the sacrifice who will redeem this fallen town. <laughs> so maybe he's just playing it cool. Mm, possible. That is, in fact, pop. I think that's the only thing that I'd give Bob Wright credit to be know how to do. So yeah, okay. To play it cool? Yes. Like he's capable of taking like, a situation arriving in front of him and then saying, well, it's time for me to glad hand the shit out of you. I suppose that's true. Man, so he gives... Also, his instinctive response on seeing a child is, I know you, don't I? <laughs> that's that's not weird. weird. Yeah, that's a very weird uh, statement to make when you see anyone, honestly. Um, yes. And he, the, <laughs> the mayor gives Doug a lollipop, which is a lollipop of his face uh, and he, that he just has, right? The mayor keeps lollipops in his pockets. Um, okay, and fine, I whatever. Well, I don't know. I mean, but there are lollipops of his face. Like, is that part of the budget? I assume so. That strikes me as the kind of small town shithead Mayor Grift you'd expect to see. Like, I'm sure every one of those lollipops cost $500 to make. I suppose that's true. Man, and but... it uh, all went to, like, his cousin who owns the sucker factory. <laughs> right. Uh, so they walk down the hall together, uh, and Doug is like, all right, this is my chance. I'm going to ask some questions, right? And so his first question is, how does a mayor make decisions? Now, to me, that's an actual good question, right? Yeah. That's like way better than what do you do? 
how do you make decisions is a pretty high level question, honestly, for Doug. But given that Doug has never made a decision in his life, he may just be asking it very literally. <laughs> yeah, he's asking do it you, from like a personal standpoint. Yeah. How how does you align a neuron in your head such that a decision is made? What is the decision? <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, he asks, uh, he asks the mayor how he makes decisions, and the mayor says, I gotta be firm and decisive. Uh, or not. And, well, or not, right. And then he changes his mind, and then he's constant. like, there's a kind of a little thing where a bunch of people off screen are asking the mayor questions, like, Well, the mayor has to be firm and decisive, or not. It depends mayor, on- uh, Mayor Bob, should we approve this year's budget or not? I don't know that. Call my wife. Now, do you think that is just, like, another Clinton analog? That's, like, I'm gonna, like, I can go fairly deep on this one, but actually, Colby, this is part where I was a little confused, because I was looking into this. Like, it's 1991 when this is released, so it was probably in pre-production through 1990. Is it viable that uh, somebody who was really conservative would already be on the Bill Clinton is so dang woman-y, his wife makes all the decisions for him beat? Was that a thing back then? Yeah, I don't think so because I, I, I so I, I'm pulling this up right now. Uh, <laughs> he didn't even announce that he was running for president until the fall of '91. So, oh right. shit! Yeah, but he was known on the national level level as being a governor of Arkansas. Yeah, like he and, spoke at the DNC, I think in '88. Maybe. Okay, that would explain why they were paying attention. Like, was there anybody else in the Democratic Party who was just really? coming up around that time i mean in the 90s they're all like bill clinton <laughs> sort true. of yeah but i think it was i think ultimately it came down to clinton and then like bill bradley but i mean it, it wasn't close like out hmm. you know, like i'm pretty sure uh, ra- so if it's not historically so we have just a case here of doug influencing our reality in an unhealthy way in that case. Because, like, one of the early attacks on Bill Clinton was that he was basically a smiley cutout with no brain being controlled by Hillary behind the scenes. Like, it combined two age-old right-wing attacks into one. One, this man is too woman-y, and two, this woman has ideas beyond her station. It's Jesus. a pretty old bit of playbook that it sucks and is shitty, but I would not be shocked if this was a case of okay, Jim Jenkins had a specific politician in mind who wasn't Bill Clinton, but because the attacks are just pure copy-paste, he could just, okay, in retrospect, it applied. Okay, so this is just kind of a view into, like, the office and the working of Bob White. Uh, It's just kind of that he doesn't, he's kind of a buffoon and doesn't make any decisions, which we'd kind of known already. Um, we go into, we adjourn to White's office and White says that being a mayor is like being a jelly donut. And he makes this like gesture with his hands where like his, his <laughs> fingers are placed together and his thumb is placed together and it's inverted. And it's like this weird, like a circle, like a, like a sign. And I don't, I don't, is he trying to? He's trying to make a donut, right? But it doesn't like feel like a donut. Yeah, no. Again, also this is thi- a fever dream. It's just like people are just talking nonsense, and the walls are looking at you, and the <laughs> like, walls are shifting. Yeah, and all the mayors are Bob White. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like a With, like, dynasty. Yeah, 
And the thing that he says is, on the outside, we appear soft and sweet, but deep down, we have to be, let me start again. Did I give you a sucker? The dream is repeating itself. Constantly. It even repeats itself, like, ever since Bone said, let me repeat myself, let me repeat myself, right? Like, it's this, it's this wild, uh, just time loop, right? Yeah, nothing is changing, nothing is... Again, we're going to see this as we describe the next several bits of this, but your core problem you run into here is nothing happens until, like, the last 30 seconds of the episode. Sure. The individual but- details will differ, but you could just cut the episode here and no, nothing I, would I, be lost, aside from is- the fascinating degree of details we will encounter that are reiterating the same premise we've established by now. Yeah, like, I think there's a lot of stuff that gets glossed over. I mean, Doug incarnate, but, like, uh, yes. there's a lot There's there's a lot to this that, like, builds the world around us. Like, so Doug says, uh, well, the mayor says, okay, can you repeat the question? And Doug gives a new, worse question <laughs> where he says, what do you do? Right? And I, I think that could be explored a lot by the mayor because he could go a lot of different ways with this, but he doesn't really go anywhere, right? He just kind of yeah. stalls. I mean, this is this is like right-wing politics. Like, you know, oh, the government doesn't really do anything. It just wastes time and taxpayer money. Taxpayer money. <laughs> Man. So, yeah. Uh, so they're sitting in White's office, and he gets a call. Uh, mayor White gets a call. He has a very fancy phone that I think is like, it's one of those phones that uh, in Nickelodeon at the time, they'd be like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. It means that you're a big deal because he hits a button and like some phone comes out from under the desk on like a robot arm and comes to him. It's like, oh man, that's like, that to me is kind of the thing. Like when people talk about how like Trump allegedly has a button to order a Diet Coke as his desk right now. Oh God, yes. Right, so that feels a lot like that to me. And yeah, government waste. And right. I, and also, like seriously, the desk is gigantic. Just leave the desk at the corner of the. Just leave the phone at the corner of the desk. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no reason for that anyway. Yeah. So he gets a call and is like, "Oh, Doug, it's for you." And he hands it to Doug. Yeah, it's like it's like okay, that's that's wild. This is like he just got there and. He already has a call from someone. And what did you know it? The call is from Bone. And Bone is saying, how's that report going? Don't screw it up. Right? So, I, like, is Bone doing to everyone or just to just, Doug? Just why? Like, there's, like, does he think he's going to get an update from Doug? Yes. Like, <laughs> well, okay. It is possible, thinking back to it now, we've talked a lot about how we don't know how much time passes during Doug's fever dreams. And he had one when he was staring at the portrait. It could be like one o'clock in the afternoon at this point. Yeah, good point. Like, Doug just was standing there transfixed, receiving instructions from on high. And right. then just, uh, young person, you've been standing there for two hours and you're starting to drool on yourself there. Can I help you, young person? Can I help you at all? It could be possible that White has been talking to it. Like, the White in the fantasy was actually White in uh, reality the whole time. And he was, like, giving Doug, like, like and telling him stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we don't <laughs> know. It's just weird to me that the uh, vice principal has a direct line to the mayor. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's super weird. And, that, and a lot of people will learn have a direct line to the mayor. Like, it's it, it, the mayor gets a couple of calls over the course of this episode, so I think it's just a very public number. Um, like, the mayor has just said that, yeah, no, I don't get a lot of shit done during the day, so just call me anytime. I'm easily bored. <laughs> right. Also, he doesn't have a secretary or anything to take his calls, which you'd think would be just a gimme as far as you could do a dumb gag about how the secretary actually runs most of the show. Right. Yeah, no, it just goes directly to White. And, like, we didn't pass through any other offices on the way to White's office. We just passed through, like, one of these unmarked corridors full of, like, portraits of the monarchy of White, right? Um, So, from this, what Doug pulls is, like... A wild description, right? He has a fantasy for 30 years in the future. And this is something... Oh, this scene. This fucking we, scene. Yeah. Before we got on this call, we were just like, oh, fuck, this scene is, scene's good. Uh, so it I want to be entirely scene. clear to our viewers. Look, under normal circumstances, I say don't watch Doug under any circumstances. <laughs> I'm making one exception for one frame. It's the frame that will occur halfway through this that we will spend, I'm pretty sure, about 15 minutes talking. (laughs) I hope so. Uh, So it's 30 years in the future is what it pops up. Now, 30 years in the future would be uh, a little earlier than present day for us, right? Kind of 1991 plus 30. No, no, it's uh, basically two years from now. It's 2021. Yeah, 20 months or like 22 months from now. Yes. Which is, oh, shit, God, we're old. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so it's a fantasy about Doug becoming the mayor. Uh, like, out of, out of this fantasy of Bone calling Doug to harass him, Doug is like, yeah, I'm going to be the mayor now. Uh, and it shows Doug accepting the key to the city from White. Uh, so White that looks that- exactly identical, except for he has a couple of extra bags under his eyes. And he's still right. the mayor. He's still like, the mayor. for 30 well, years. Well, but here's the thing, though. Like, at the time, that was a hell of a joke. But uh, fun bit of modern-day political trivia for you, dear viewers. Uh, you Back at the time this was created, it was just generally assumed that by the time you needed to a big seat, you had maybe 10 years of law doing in you. And then health issues are going to force you to retire. Medical science has improved since then. You know how uh, there's this nice lady in charge of the House of Representatives by the name of Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. She takes office (laughs) in 1992. It's been 30 fucking years. There's an entire generation of people who, if, like, because we've improved healthcare well enough have been hanging around for 20 years longer than anyone thought they were gonna. And, like, so as a result, if you're a Chuck Grassley or a Diane Feinstein, your flesh is visibly rotting off your skeleton where you sit, but you're still winning elections. Part of the joke here is supposed to be that Doug can't imagine anyone but Bob White ever being the mayor. From where we're sitting here and now... The joke is the idea Bob White would willingly give up power before he was declared legally dead. Also, I'm not sure that there were elections because, like, he loses the mayorship based on, like, Bone pointing out that he had a mark on his permanent record. Like, was he even right. elected? Yeah, and he's just like, I'm I'm the mayor now. Like, that's... that. That's <laughs> he didn't want to be the mayor. Like, he was, like, pissed off that he had to be the mayor. He's like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to fantasize about it now. 
I become the mayor for some reason that nobody can possibly understand. And then there's the frame. The single frame. The frame of what everybody else in Doug's life looks like 30 years later. And it is astonishing. Dude, I gotta say, the first thing I noticed when it was everyone 30 years later, the biggest thing is that everyone has more hair. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> like, including Doug. Uh, like, there is... There is uh, Patty here, Patty's here, Skeeter's here, Roger's here, the Beats are here, uh, Doug is here, his parents are here, everyone has more hair, and the person who has the least amount of more hair is Doug. Yeah, and <laughs> Doug has the same number of hairs, they're just a little bit longer. Pork chop is still there, which means pork chop is at least 41 years old at this point. <laughs> yeah, like, a 41-year-old dog, it's just like, stop leading children. Like down the wrong, like down the wrong path. <laughs> Except so, for here's the thing: the dog doesn't move. Yes, I was gonna say Patty is holding pork chop. Patty is holding is. pork chop's taxidermy corpse. <laughs> God. Yes, and he's like bigger. Like he's gotten bigger, and his eyes are like drooping over. Like yeah, Patty is holding the corpse of the chop. Right. <laughs> like just fucking bizarre. Also, just, yeah. uh, like, Roger looks like he's an extra from the village people. There's a hairless yellow orb in the background. Skeeter looks like he has a podcast. <laughs> and Judy looks like mean? Jackie Kennedy for some reason. Yeah, uh, Skeeter, like, Skeeter has, like, yellow hair now, as opposed to, like, the black hair that he had previously. And, uh... Patty, I think the thing with Patty and Porkchop is it's supposed to look like it's their kid. Like, she's holding it, she's holding Porkchop, who is Doug's dog, like, close to her chest. And I think it's supposed to be, like, a baby scene. But, again, it's probably the corpse of Porkchop. There's, <sighs> like, you could write a dissertation on just what in the name of God is going on here. Because, again, the beats are there. Yeah. Why yeah, are definitely funny. not the Ramones slash Beatles attending the inauguration for mayor of a town of 20,000 people where they showed up one time to do a concert and it shocked their biggest fans there? Yeah, this is this goes into my fever dream theory because it's just his brain being like, well, who would be at my inauguration? I know it's the people that I know right now and they look slightly <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Beats did say he was good. Also, also implying that nobody ever left Bluffington. Like, they're no just in Bluffington. Like, but Bluffington is a closed ecosystem. Nothing has changed. Nothing will ever change. Time is frozen. Tomorrow will never come. You get older, and no experience changes. You get weaker and older, but you still have to continue living. Just fucking purgatory. <laughs> Are there term limits in Virginia currently? Because we've talked. Oh, about Oh, that's actually a thing. Virginia. Like I, yeah, but correct me Yeah, most times, most times, most mayors. Like so, as a as a as a Chicagoan here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the the concept of somebody being in office for more than thirty years, like not particularly rare. So, say for example, you know, uh, Mayor Daly, like the father daily so he was in office for 21 years and like the reason why he stopped at 21 years is a massive heart attack like that was the only thing that was stopping him so yes. uh, 
And I don't think most municipal elections, like, they don't have term limits. Like, most yeah. mayors tend not to, I tend yeah. not to have to deal with that. But Virginia's weird like that. Like, there were the only places where governors are term limited at one, which is just oh, the wow. weirdest thing. Yeah, like, like you, cannot, you cannot run for, you cannot run for governor, like, you cannot run for re-election as governor in Virginia. Huh. Fun but, little trivia about Virginia. Their current governor got caught in a situation where he couldn't remember whether the guy in the Klan getup or in blackface was him in a photo that came out of his, like, med school or something uh, yearbook. Yeah. However, due to the fact that, well, it's not like he had to worry about re-election anyway, he got to stick around. Like, normally they'd force your retirement over that sort of thing, but eh, fuck it, we don't have to deal with uh, him in the future anyway, so fine, sure. Serve out your term, asshole. Yeah, it's just like, yo, he'll be gone in like a year and a half. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, maybe that's what they thought about White, and then no one else wanted the job until Doug did, for some reason. Who also didn't want the job! <laughs> yeah, wait, how, why did Doug decide to run for mayor in this yeah. fantasy? He didn't want to be mayor, and it, he, at no point does he want to be mayor. And then he's like, oh, I guess, I guess this is what's gonna happen to me. So, I think it's because they said, Doug, you have to be the mayor's assistant, so he's like, well... I guess that means I'm the mayor now, right? <laughs> like, it's like, this is like, a, maybe he just interprets that this is like an apprenticeship program and that like he was decided that they decided, okay, uh, obviously you're going to be the mayor in the future. That's the point of this project, right? Like, it's not is, to learn about the government. He thinks it's an apprenticeship program. That's okay. Maybe he just that's thinks he's dumb enough that to a, do it. Yeah, that's dumb enough that an 11 year old could plausibly think it was true. I'm with you on this. So that's one. why I, I think it's true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm with you now. I think we've, we've worked out a thesis that makes this utterly baffling scene make some kind of small sense. So, also, I gotta ask real quick, uh, is it normal for the current mayor to give the succession down to the next mayor? Like, that's what's happening here, is that Bo or, uh, White is passing the key to the city to Doug. Is this, like, normal? That's a thing. It, it can happen. I don't I mean, think it usually does. I, I can't think of I, I can't think of any time that 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 occurs. Like I mean, you think about you know a presidential inauguration. Like the old president is you know there, there, yeah. But like also like handing yeah. someone the keys to the city. Like that's what you do to like normal citizens who do great things, right? Like it doesn't have anything <laughs> yeah. to do with like the government, so to speak. Yeah. No. Oh, right. That yeah, because. Bob White does say, ah, truth has prevailed, I'm still the mayor, loser, 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 as he takes back the key to the city, as if this yeah. somehow invalidated the results of an election that presumably Doug won. That's what I'm saying, like, I think this is like a monarchy, and it's like a pass-down thing, as opposed to, like, uh, uh, Doug running against him, right? Yeah. So, he's like, because you... You uh, wrote this report that is bad in some way. I'm still the mayor. Fuck the dem fuck democracy, right? Yeah, again, it just shows that, like, Doug has absolutely no concept of, like, how democracy works. And during this entire fellowship, he doesn't learn a single goddamn thing about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no. He turned in a lousy report 30 years ago on student government day. I'll read it to you now. The truth has prevailed. I'm still the mayor. I win. He loses. Loser. Loser. 
Oh man. All right. I so I think we've yeah. covered this ad nauseum. This single like fifteen second scene. Yeah. So that was a big part of it though. That was a wild scene. That was just uh, nuts. So we snap back to reality and uh Doug or sorry, the, the mayor gets a call well, on another one, one of his one phones. thing I really want to point out really yes. quick is when you see uh, a shot of the mayor's desk, like Doug is facing the mayor's desk, you can see the mayor's kid in a picture that's facing yes. outwards. Yes. One weird to face a picture outwards on your desk, and two, every, we know that all the bo- like the, all the whites look like each other. He doesn't look any like his kid doesn't look anything like Bob White. Yeah, no, his kid's just this blank screaming face. It's really weird, <laughs> and it's well, facing outward, like he just Doug, like he doesn't want to look at him. Yeah, and also like as Doug comes out of this uh, horror sequence, he just says, "May I be excused?" Uh. Sure, says Bob White, and Doug just goes and walks out to pace in the hallway, watched over by the portraits of Bob White, as he tries to figure out what he should do here. Maybe, I don't know, you could ask, what do you do for the first goddamn time? You could start your report there. (laughs) He still hasn't gotten an answer every time he's been interrupted by some other crap. So it's right. like, ask the question, then get the answer, then write down what the answer was. This yeah, isn't hard, Doug. One thing to point out is that Doug is blaming himself for asking stupid questions. At no point is he, is he like, oh, this this mayor sucks. Right. That, and I, I, that's what I always felt like that was the point of, like, Bone was doing one of the two things. He was saying, like, don't say bad things about the mayor or give me all the dirt on the mayor. It's like yeah. one of the two things that Bone was specifically looking for, right? But yeah, so let's let's cut back to what yeah. happens is uh, they, the mayor gets a call uh, and it is the Mr. Swirly, who we met earlier. The peanutty the, the buddy man. The peanutty buddy man. Uh, and the the Mr. Swirly says, oh, no, things are melting down at the ice cream plant and we're not going to have ice cream for your great ice cream bonanza show. Right. And the mayor like flips the fuck out. Because he has this plan that these kids were going to vote for him in 11 years if they had ice cream. Which is not okay. Like, that's dumb as hell, but all right. But the other thing that happens here is the ice cream plant is the nuclear power plant from The Simpsons, except for the cooling towers are overflowing with ice cream. And also, Uh, like, just this this entire scenario, like, number one, I mean, supply chains. So you need this. Yes. You need this ice cream to be delivered and available for human consumption at the end of the day. It, uh-huh. And you know what ice cream has? It has a shelf life. It has a shelf life as long as it's uh, not open for months. Like several <laughs> yeah. months. And it's yeah. being made, the ice cream that you need for your extravaganza today was yeah. was is being made today. Yeah. And it will ruin the day if you if you don't have it. Also, that the idea that the ice cream okay, there's a meltdown. Okay, you know what happens when the ice cream melts? It just turns liquid. It has the same <laughs> it has the same roughly the same amount of volume. I know it's slightly less because it's it's a solid, not a, or a liquid and not yeah. a solid or moving from one phase to another, but it shouldn't be engulfing the plant. <laughs> or, As a bonus line on this, the three cooling towers 
are, okay, minor visual gag. There's chocolate, there's vanilla, there's strawberry. Ha ha, funny joke. It's a Neapolitan disaster. But we get the call from, we see Mr. Swirly, the peanutty buddy man, who is Colonel Sanders, just pretty much straight up, standing in a pool of yellow-orange liquid. What of chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry is yellow-orange? It's pee-pee. It's pee-pee. Yes. (laughs) I I have in my notes, don't say it's piss, don't say it's piss, don't say it's piss, it's piss. (laughs) So why is there piss ice cream filling up the CEO's office? So really quick, one, if the ice cream factory is melting down, just go to the store. Yes, yes. The fucking grocery store. <laughs> Number two, why is an ice cream man calling the mayor about ice cream? Yes, yes. Like, I again, nobody story. knows how anything works here. Yeah, in the most I, decisive mayor imaginable, what the fuck does the mayor do about this? Like, I, yeah, he's calling the mayor for an engineering question. And I think... That is a says that the economy of Bluffington is nationalized. Yes, <laughs> he's calling the government. I mean, it is Raytheon it. Acres, so that's sort of true. I suppose that's true. Uh, and two, like they have, he has engineers at his plant. Like we see at a, a, a scene later, there's guys in like hard hats and lab coats, and like there are people that built this thing but i guess the mayor is the one who knows all its inner workings did mayor white like build the factory i mean it is the only source of power politically in the city besides from bluffco we have no reason to believe that mr swirly may be the last guy who is not owned and operated by bb's dad (laughs) oh man so yeah so the mayor freaks out that they won't be getting ice cream and he doesn't know but that's the thing He doesn't at first. (laughs) What happens is Doug is horrified and says, you sure do stay calm under pressure. And then, having been a solid three seconds since he's heard this, then Bob White freaks the fuck out. Right. In response to Doug complimenting him, he's like, oh shit, you're right. I'm not calm. (laughs) Aw, dang. (laughs) But, uh, so he freaks out, and uh, he runs out the door, and Doug is just like, Huh, that's weird. Starts whistling and walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Just two in a row of people with no awareness of anything that is surrounding them on any fucking level. Right. And then the chair calls to Doug. Doug looks at Bob White's chair. It glows. Angels sing. And Doug goes, wow, what's it like to sit in the big guy's chair? He sits down in it, and, and this is the most sinister part of all, remember that picture of Bob White's kid who looked like he was screaming? He now looks a lot like Doug. He's changed. It changes. I know it's just an animation thing, but, like, combine this with all, like, the portraits following him and just, like, the people, like, switching helmets in person. It's, like, it's, it's maddening. Well, it's the right of succession, right? Like, the right of succession was going to be White's kid, who who apparently is exiled because it's facing out from him. And now, now Doug has taken his place as the new kid. Wait, now Doug's your dad. (laughs) 
wait, maybe the kid in the photo was the last kid who sat in the chair, was last year's mayor for a day, right? And maybe- was sacrificed to maintain Bob White's power. God. It makes sense now. Colby, do you agree with this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not on the whole uh, human sacrifice bit. I mean, I, I, I mean you've gone to that well a lot. Education these days, fucking liberals. So, <laughs> oh, no. It, I, I, it, what is it? Never explain uh, to malice what could be attributed to, stupid, to stupidity. So I just have a feeling that the animation team was <laughs> was just a, what? a group of minimum wage, uh, you know, South Koreans, and this is the best that we got. Like, I don't think that calling out like Bob White's son looking more like Doug, like I, I don't think that I don't think that matters. <laughs> well, agree to disagree. <laughs> This is this, this is what happens when you have Doug Brain. Yeah, yeah. You'll, if you come on here a couple more times, you'll start we'll have to you see. on. We'll win you over in time. If you listened a little more closely, if you <laughs> shut out all other things and listened only to Doug. <laughs> yeah, dear viewer, here do on the that. funny only papers. good things will happen. Oh fuck, man! So. Anyway, so Doug uh, in this has another fantasy sitting in this chair uh, where he's the mayor now, and he's a successful mayor. He's surrounded by the press corps, and Patty comes up and asks him if he's planning to run for a 43rd term, right? Now, how long are terms here? Like, how long is a term? Like, the standard minimum is like, like, uh, would be a year. So this would have to be Doug at like in his sixties, uh huh, like, and he looks the same. Yeah, either that or if they're two years, like the more standard one. This is Doug in his verging on a hundred. Doug is in the golden throne. <laughs> yeah, Doug has been rendered immortal by the power of Bluffington. What's he also will never die. What's also weird about this is like. I like the timeline doesn't line up for it to be Bill Clinton, but Bill Clinton was the forty-second president of the United States. Huh. Okay. And then so if if it was Bob White before him, then it's like Doug's forty-three. Interesting. Oh shit! It's well, probably no, I, it's probably just another coincidence where my brain is just slowly it's developing. A, there's a lot of them. <laughs> it's a bunch of weird fucking coincidences in this episode, and also a bunch of really dumb mistakes. It's hard to tell the difference, like, again, like what Colby said, it's difficult, what, malice versus stupidity? When you pile enough stupidity in one place, it starts looking an awful lot like malice. (laughs) By the way, that's my thesis on the show in general. It's a malicious show. Yes, Jim Jenkins was not a gigantic raving idiot, he actually wanted to cause pain. (laughs) Parody, not actionable. Not actionable. Allegedly. Yes, allegedly. (laughs) Parody. Oh, so, yeah, so Doug snaps back to reality, and the phone is ringing, and Doug's like, I'll get it. (laughs) I'm the one here. (laughs) Yes, I will take Doug, the kid with anxiety. To be fair, he he makes a decision here to answer the phone, which is very, very good of him. He's Well, maybe he's just like, this is what we do in my house. (laughs) (laughs) So, So Doug answers the phone. 
And uh, it's Mr. Swirly again. It's on a, a video, video phone, phone for some reason. Well, it yeah. looks like it's a one-way video phone, too. Yeah. Mr. Swirly is just, like, staring off into the distance as and he's addressing kind of slowly drowns him. And he's yes. addressing Mayor. So he's he doesn't know that it's Doug on the line. Until right? Doug speaks. Well, so <laughs> Mr. Swirly says that... Uh, the ice cream is about to hit the fan, the chocolate chip ice cream, and they make a little joke. They're like, well, why don't you let the chips hit the fan? Ha <laughs> ha! Right? Nice, nice, Jim. It's shit. Nice. It's yeah, shit out, wow. right? Wow. <laughs> but, uh... Jokes. Yeah. So he's like, so he's like, so what do we... What do we do, Mayor? So again, he's calling the mayor to ask an engineering question. As like, and it shows the shot. Like, there are engineers looking on as this is happening. And Doug's answer is, "Why don't you just don't do anything about it? <laughs> yeah, just let it, <laughs> just just let let it happen. happen. Good job, Doug. Just let, no, what, what I want to point out here is, if Doug wasn't in this chair and they just let the phone ring, the same, exactly the same thing would have happened. <laughs> Yeah, there would have been no impact. If Bob White was in there, like, he just ran out of the room, and then, like, the phone would have rang, and then it just would have happened. Like, you, like Doug's presence here does absolutely nothing. Right, so he says to the... What if you just let the chips hit the fan? Ah! And they say, it, he says that multiple times. Like Yeah, constantly. And it's just like, okay... If you're older and you you understand what you know that that term is you know parodying like it's not funny. If you're like a little kid you've never heard that before, it's still not funny. Like, well, it's another one of those Doug. things that, that you picture them in the writers' room and they wrote it and they were just like, oh, fucking yeah. nails. <laughs> yeah, there's high fives like, all around. And Mr. Swirly says, "I think you just saved the ice cream extravaganza and my job." He says <laughs> as the piss comes over his head, and he drowns. Right. Doug stares blankly at the video screen and watches Mr. Swirly die. (laughs) Did, like, King Koopa design this ice cream factory? (laughs) Yes. Because, like, why is the ice cream going towards a fan? Yes. Again, this is... Doug's brain just filling in the blanks the best way he knows how. It's also like floating, like it's like anti gravity ice cream in this like wind tunnel space station, right? Oh, yeah, and also he's like it'll chop up the chocolate chips. Do you need to do that? <laughs> no, it'll go into the electronics of the fan and pull up the fan. <laughs> yeah, like oh yeah, like this is gonna make a different version of ice cream that'll be awesome. Like no, this is not how it works. It's just yeah. This, this, this isn't how anything works. <laughs> well, well, my favorite thing is that when Mister Swirly goes, oh, "That's a great idea. It'll make chocolate chip swirl." And Doug's response to that is, mm, "My favorite." <laughs> like Doug, and then just like hangs up the phone. He's just like <laughs> his, hangs up the phone, just... watches Mister Swirly fucking die. He's like, mm, I get to have chocolate chip swirl ice cream. <laughs> yes. I'm a good boy. Like, I like ice cream. I'm a good boy. <laughs> That's his entire response. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, uh, White runs back into the room and he's like, any calls for me? And Doug goes, yeah, there's a call. And uh, yeah, and I made the I made the decision to let the chips hit the fan with no context. Uh, and, and White goes, you made a decision? How is that possible? And that is the thesis of the show. (laughs) Yeah, it's the thesis of the show. 
<laughs> but then he says, how is it possible you're young, I'm old? So extremely boomer energy. Extremely, yes. Also, the subtext here is that a child could be the, the mayor. And, it's yeah, totally and do fine. a better job. Yeah. And do a better yeah. job. Even by not doing anything. Because the engineering of the ice cream factory that's busily having a meltdown that will drown the CEO in piss is such that actually doing nothing is the correct decision. Like, real laissez-faire, real libertarian energies here, quite frankly. True, true, that the government doesn't actually solve anything. Yes, Um, and those who look to it for assistance are doomed to... Again, I'm belaboring the point, but they did let us show Doug watching Mr. Swirly drown. So (laughs) there's... I think Jim Jenkins is working out some shit. Tree time. Yeah. (laughs) It's time for dessert. I'm a good boy. I can't wait to have my treats. Mmm. Delicious Mr. Swirly's last request. Right. Oh, this tastes like Mr. Swirly's saliva. <laughs> God. Man, so... Also, uh, yeah, just that bringing that up, the the chips are going to hit, like, the fan, which has, like, grease and oil in it. <laughs> nom, nom, yeah. nom, 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 nom. Yeah, My grease, favorite. oil, dust. Like... <laughs> Industrial coolant. <laughs> the corpse of several employees. Right, all the people that drowned in the ice cream is going to chop them up, too. <laughs> yeah, mm, my favorite. <laughs> Meaty, chunky surprise. God. So, uh, with zero delay between this call uh, and the ice cream factory maybe being saved, like, we don't actually find out... Uh, if that did what it was supposed to do, uh, the press corps busts in. Like, doesn't knock, just busts into the uh, mayor's office and he's like, Mayor White, like, this decision was so important. Oh my God, this decision was so important. They don't say it's like good or whatever. And Mayor White is like, I didn't do it. This young person did it. And they point at Doug and Patty's like, oh, Doug, you saved the day. You saved the ice cream factory, right? And it's like immediate. Like, they've been waiting outside. After what feels like 15 minutes, but was actually only, like, eight of them just repeating the same bits over and over again, now, okay, time is suddenly moving forward again. So, how did it feel to be mayor for a day, Doug? And he responds like, well, I think I got what I needed for my report. And I like ice cream. (laughs) He doesn't ever ask a question. Like yeah. He never gets an answer. He doesn't have anything to write on the report other than mm, ice cream. Yeah, and that's what he does write in the report. Like his his report is like he could write a actually he could write a really good report about this day. Like a lot happened, right? That speaks to the internal politics of Bluffington. Uh, but he, he he he's just like I got everything I need, and I love ice cream. This is the exit interview. Being oh, mayor is great fun. You get all the suckers you can eat. All the suckers you can eat. All the suckers you can eat. <laughs> yeah, that's, and it's that's stressful. That's the lesson he learned about this: is the mayor has a big chair and a phone. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor has a big chair and a phone. Sometimes you have to make decisions, and you get candy and ice cream. <laughs> You sure learned. Like, that is the kind of thing. Maybe that is the report that Bone is flaring about 30 years in the future. Like, look at this, what this idiot wrote. He doesn't deserve to be the mayor. 
Maybe that's his literal report. Colby, actually, we have a very important question to ask you as a teacher. What grade does Doug get? (laughs) Okay. um... He is in fifth grade, so he probably gets at least some space to work with here. He wrote it in cursive. Okay, (laughs) so here's the thing. Uh, Normally, because we want our students to do what we ask them to do to prove that they've learn something and that they've you know they've experienced something and are able to relate that to another human being like we actually write down what our expectations are and we relate that to kids and since that never happened <laughs> very like, good point yeah, since that never happened like i it it would be unfair to just absolutely trash this kid for having all like not saying anything about the day because I, I have no idea what the parameters were because they were never set. <laughs> yeah, Doug's teacher isn't even on the field trip. They're handing the reports to the vice principal. Directly, yeah. Yeah. And they're saying, and all his direction is, don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you, you, we set that kid up to fail. Like, that's just the end of it. Like, <laughs> and not, like, fail the course, but just fail at actually applying some meaning to what you've experienced. Like, no, I, yeah. I'll, I'll give him. A, I'll give him a. I'll give him a solid B plus, so that his mom doesn't, you know, get pissed off that her, that her kid isn't like doing well in the class. Like, <laughs> be God. happy. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh huh. That's the that's the theme of the show, man. Uh, but so like we cut as you guys are saying that Doug is writing this report. We cut back to Doug's room and he says all those things we said, but he also said that uh, the mayor in thanks sent him a package of ice cream and Doug decides what to do with this ice cream is to leave it on his desk. It's chocolate it's like- ice cream being left out on his desk in a room with his dog again. Again. <laughs> Doug leaves melting chocolate there for his dog to lick up and maybe someday die so that they can ter- taxiderm him for 30 years yeah, in the future. We're not even sure if Porkchop can die, though. <laughs> it's true. Maybe this is maybe this is the way that they're keeping poor Chop alive for all these thirty years is by feeding him chocolate, the source of his power. That's also how like works, right? Also, if if the um if the ice cream factory is on meltdown mode and they only have the chocolate chip ice cream, like how can you have like an ice cream extravaganza with multiple fr- flavors? Like it's still going to be ruined because they talk so, about peanutty buddy and all the other stuff, but all they have is chocolate chip. I I will my my theory to this is that so right after Doug has this call with uh, the peanutty buddy man is like when he rolls up to the mayor's office. I think he just went to the fucking grocery store. Actually, yeah, the mayor just went out and hit up the grocery store and okay, good. I actually saved the day. I think I think Mr. Swirly went to the grocery store. There we go. That's makes a lot <laughs> like, more sense. Like he had his factory and thereby his livelihood saved, but I and I think he was like tricking the mayor into being like, "Oh, here's some stakes and why you have to send me funding to like fix this problem." But I think he just went to the fucking grocery store because he shows up immediately after the problem's fixed. Yeah, okay. I'm suddenly turned back around to Mr. Swirly, despite the fact that he feigned his own... Mr. Swirly faked his own death in the name of trying to get some more government handouts. That make that all tracks. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so that brings us to the end of this episode. 
Man, what do you guys think? Like, is this a portrait of government at large? Is this a portrait of, like, the haunted nature of Bluffington? Like, what are we thinking? I feel like I, watching this episode, I hallucinated the whole thing. <laughs> okay. What, why specifically? Just because nothing, like... And there was no, like, cause and effect. Nothing happened. Like, if Doug wasn't there, everything in the episode would have happened as is. Right? I, yeah, that's pretty typical. <laughs> right. I, I feel like that... I'm in agreement that it feels like nothing would have changed, but part of the reason why it feels like nothing would have changed is because Jim Jenkins is your southern good boy Christian conservative. Allegedly. And as a result, his idea of every a government functioning properly is that if you don't touch anything it all basically works out all right like nothing has ever happened that impacts his life offensively aside from people being mean to him but you know he assumes it was all for his own good in the end and so therefore if we ran a system of government off of just sort of assuming it would all work itself out it all work out fine Roger arrests Mr. Swirly for health code violations. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah I really kind of want to see Roger's, uh, like, Roger's time is the sh with the sheriff of Bluffington. I really want to see that. Oh, yeah. Roger would make decisions. Fan fiction authors, give me this information. I was hoping that was going to be the end. Like, everyone would roll up with, like, the person they were assigned and that Roger would be there with the sheriff and, like, have someone in handcuffs that he's, like, high-fiving the sheriff. <laughs> God. <laughs> he's arresting one of his own minions for, like, tax fraud. <laughs> the sheriff gave me a quota. I had to do this. <laughs> God. Christ. What about, you, what about you, Colby? How are you feeling after this? I mean, it, it, it happened. Uh, I'm glad I'm here talking with friends about it, or just. <laughs> but like once again, it, it, it like that that was that was there, and that was time that I allotted in my limited time on this earth to 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 engage in, and you know I don't feel better or worse for it. Like I, that's I, the best you can hope for from Doug. That, that, that is the best Wait. I can hope for. Are you referring to watching the show or talking about it with us? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about watching the show. This is a good time. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you heard the man. It's a good time. A you good cannot day. say otherwise now. He's famous, so he's worth though, more yo. than you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm all on board. But, like, my feelings about what I've just seen is just... Like, why? Like, why? <laughs> why even... And I, I even think about... My, well, so this is the fall of 91, so I'm a bit older than you guys. So I'm, I'm like eight. I'm a, like, I'm a, I'm a bit shy. I like, I've just turned eight. And I know I watch this because it's like, oh, also, you know, Doug is a little bit older than I am. So it's like, oh, this is what, you know, the later stages of elementary school or the beginning of middle school is going to look like. And like, nothing happens. Like, he's such a <laughs> blank slate of a, of a person. And, and, and I, and I also thought that, um, I think looking back, like, oh, yeah, well, the town is kooky and, you know, that it's going to have this real vibe to it. Man, this place is weird. And like, does this like, you know, this kid trying to make sense of it all, except he doesn't do any of that. Like he's, he completely goes along with how stupid everything is. So, yeah. Do you remember uh, how you felt at the time watching this show and how you, and compare it to how you feel now? Yeah, it's just, as a kid, you know, I thought this is, you know, this is some unassuming kid trying to make, like, trying to make his way through the world. And that's what we all are. 
Except try implies effort, and there's no effort. <laughs> <laughs> like, like looking back, like I just realized there's no effort on his part to make sense of his kooky world, and <laughs> yeah, like I, it, it's it's too much. It, it's just too much. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, man. So I think this is a good section to close it out on. Uh, do you guys, you guys have anything else? No. no. Okay. Uh, 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 Somewhere <laughs> the picture of Dorian no. Gray on Bob White's desk changes yet again into the shape of the next sacrifice. Yep, pretty much. Oh man. All right. Well, it's the three of are... us. It's the all there is. It's just a picture of the three of us. We don't know why. Colby's the just... mayor. No one's quite sure why. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, like, one thing that I, that we, that I missed, and I should have jumped in on this, is when they announce. Going back, I know it's out of order, but yeah, no, when they when they when they come in and and you know Vice Principal Bone is saying like I've got all of your 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 roles here and they bum rush him yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and they straight up bum rush him and here's the thing it's all random right because <laughs> they mentioned before like hey we're just handing these out and it's random so why are they bomb yeah. rushing him like they have nothing to gain by doing so other than a cheap gag of assaulting an adult <laughs> imagine <laughs> doug funny in the middle of a massive scrum of people throwing elbows biting off ears gouging eyes to get to the critical slip of paper that says you get to be the mayor yeah, and like I just noticed that. I mean, I mean, I noticed that before, but I just I forgot exactly when yeah. that happened. But like, number one, if you if you do that, like you're all getting kicked off the bus, and you're all going straight like to detention. You're not for kid jail. Yeah, you're going, you're going to, jail. to jail. You'll be sent immediately to jail. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. That was like because yeah, I, and everyone was so excited to learn that they were. I even dog, I guess. This show's so good because when it tries to make a joke, it fails at the setup and the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nonsensical. Like the one the part that we miss. Yes. The one joke the one joke in this episode was uh Mr. Bone saying, Let me repeat myself twice. And Mr. Bones is like supposed to be a humorless character. Like he right. can't even have a character that's more wacky deliver the one joke. Just fails on every possible level. The failure is baffling in its complexity which sums up both this episode this show and the 1990s in general i love it and i have a headache hell yeah <laughs> oh man all right well thanks so much for joining us colby this was amazing you, to colby. have you on yeah this rule yeah do you do you have anything you want to like shout out? I know that we're like incredibly less <laughs> successful and famous than you. But still, but in our public record, to our thirty-something listeners, would you? Is there anything you want to plug or say anything about? The one thing that I've done, you know, pretty consistently since I was fourteen was uh, quiz bowl, and that's being part of academic competition. So, like, play quiz bowl and sponsor quiz bowl, and like, do that. It really helped me understand what it is that is expected that people should know so that's the thing that's the only thing i, I need to plug okay yeah, cool you, are, you, are you gonna are you gonna put some doug trivia in there now Please no doug does not doug does not really need to be known by anyone <laughs> we're just simply waxing nostalgic <laughs> because we were there and we didn't know any better 
There. <laughs> you should oh, rank man. constructively, folks. <laughs> or don't. Whatever. Or listen to this podcast and continue oh, to enjoy our content. <laughs> well, let's call this one here. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next time on the second half of this episode. Until then, bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.